0: today in this uh, meditation we want to uh, anchor ourselves more deeply in what is really the foundation to our spirit the spirit of Opus Dei which our father St. Josemarie often repeated and that was that our spirit is grounded or a foundational pillar is the spirit of divine filiation, and uh, we can look at this truth that we know about and have heard about uh, through the lens of Scripture, not just where Scripture tells us explicitly about the fact that we are sons and daughters of God, but through a parable that our our Lord recounted. So it was a parable that our our Lord wanted us to hear and to reflect on, and it's only present in Saint Luke, in chapter fifteen of Saint Luke. Um, and through the lens of this parable, well, he, n- he names a number of parables here, the lost sheep, uh, the parable of the lost coin, and then he talks about the parable of the two brothers, or traditionally known as the parable of the prodigal son. And, uh, well, since there are two brothers, one was younger, one was older, it reflects the, the fact that there are really Well, they are one generation, but they are two different ages, and Pope Francis has spoken frequently about the need to generate greater unity between the different generations, between the older and the younger, and this parable of the prodigal son with his older brother and his father, which was recounted by Jesus, can help us to dwell more deeply into this topic. And um, every time you read this topic, this story that that our Lord recounted of the two sons, it always seems to generate a deeper truth there, whether it's about fraternity or about forgiveness or about confidence in God. Uh, It it always seems to do something to us. And, well, you know the story, of course, about the younger son who, who decides to say to his father, give me a share of the property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. So the father sent, and immediately he divided his property. And many day, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took his journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in loose living. Basically debauchery, yeah, loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to feed, who sent him to his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have fed the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he had when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father, but while he was still yet a oh, oh, At a distance his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it, lest and let us eat and make merry." (laughs) For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. That's the first half. Of course, we know there were two brothers. And the second one, we recount briefly here. Now, his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard the music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed a fattened calf, because he, was recei- he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Behold, these many years I have s- served you, I have never disobeyed your command, and yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots you called for him the the fattened calf and he said to him my son you're always with me and all that is mine is yours it was fitting to make merry and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive he was lost and is found I know we've heard this passage quite a few uh, but it, uh, you know, it is really a way for us now to look at this foundational truth about our divine filiation, so that as we hear this story and conjure up the imagery in it, it not stays simply a theoretical truth but really does help us when we are in need, right? when we have the temptation towards uh, sadness or uh, when uh, discouragement hits us and somehow we feel distant. We feel distant from God the Father. And sometimes it's just because of the reality of our own miseries. And, and so the Lord recounts this. And, well, he recounted this at a moment when all of society was on him, even those precisely who seemed furthest from God. Because we're told that he, counts, he recounts this to publicans and sinners, And these people who were far from God, in that sense, uh, who didn't live the most upright lives, were interested in his teaching. And this movement of people made those who presumed to guard the Mosaic Law, the scribes and Pharisees, well, they started to to murmur and, and to gossip against our Lord because they thought they knew, because especially they saw all these publicans Listening to what our Lord said and being kind of excited about what he said precisely because he said something that resonated with them and it had something to do with this figure of the Father which they saw as a reflection of God the Father and so he narrates this beautiful parable and when we read this parable we can assume of course that the two brothers had been Distracted for a long time, in some ways, away from the gratuitousness with which their own father loved them. Both, the younger one and the older one, had lost a sense of divine filiation. I mean, obviously represented by their human father. So the little one, the younger one, he dreamed of places where he thought, well, maybe if I go there, if I get a flight there, I'm going to be much happier. If I go and live with that... I'm for sure, I'm going to be happier than here. This is just mere drudgery, right? And um, he was a kind of, uh, in a form of dispersion. I, I don't think his head was very uh, particularly well furnished, let's say, right? And um, and so, but he had an, an active imagination, right? So, uh, and in that sense, he was quite alive. And uh, until he kind of was convinced that maybe if I get my inheritance, I can actually buy love, <laughs> and uh, that's why he said, you know give me a share i can I can buy with this share, I can buy what was really going to make me happy so in that sense, he was already on unstable footing. The older one, for his part, he had kind of lulled his heart because well he's re- of course this guy fulfilled all his responsibilities uh you know he you know he, he he didn't displease his father in anything his father would never be able to reproach him of anything he just had all his ducks lined up perfectly well always you know and uh and yet this chill this cold came into his soul crept in bit by bit even though i mean his hands had calluses on because of the whatever the work that he was doing you know? and um perhaps he had been so entangled into his own plans that though although he seemed very close you know it did not include those that he loved so much it didn't actually include his brother when he left and so in the end neither of them conceived although this was unconscious on their part that it was possible to achieve true happiness next to their father or in the family. I mean, we can assume here too that there was a mother here involved. So, the little one was thinking I could stay away from the family and be happier. The older one just longed for happiness with his friends, with his buddies. He wanted to go bowling, right? And and so, neither of them really imagined that he could achieve full happiness with their father. In other words, it's just a way of saying, yeah, well, okay, yeah, divine affiliation is a nice thing, but come on, man, come on, let's, let's be real, right? And uh, and so, in fact, St. John Paul II who said, we all have within us, at the same time, something of both brothers. We are we're not just the younger one, we're also the older one at times, depends. And, of course, um, it's not a coincidence that our Lord made very explicit the fact that one was younger and the other one was older, like, there was a difference in age who knows how how different but um, the Lord may have chosen the older one the attitude that is prevalent among those who have been serving God for a long time who have been persevering for many years mm-hmm. certainly the older one had managed to fulfill his tasks to perfection um, his father couldn't blame him for any, anything you know he he was calm guy, you know. He knew how to make a good genuflection, and uh, he, he didn't owe anything to uh, anyone, right? And, uh, but he just, just wasn't happy. He was doing everything right, but not happy. And the younger one, well, you could imagine, he was idealistic, he wasn't realistic, he was uh, passionate. Uh, well, he represents... Of course, the the people who are at the initial stages of life, or at the initial stages of their vocation, eh? and therefore he was probably more vulnerable to the lure of freedom, and uh, you know it's directed to, towards the the goods that ultimately don't satisfy, usually material goods, or you know the goods of the human heart, and uh, and so he thought that by running away, escaping, having fun, to be more appealing. But, you know, you cannot reject ultimately your own identity. You cannot reject that you are a son or a daughter. Sooner or later, uh, there will be these deficiencies that only God can fill. Only God. Only God the Father. Right? And of course, obviously, he wasn't happy either. Right? And so both brothers lived in the midst of their reality in an uncomfortable way. They were kind of Awkward. It was like awkward life, and um, in that atmosphere, it was difficult for love to grow, for the younger one, who was always let his imagination go wild, and for the older one, who just kept thinking, when when are my friends going to come over? You yin, know, yin, yin, you know, whining all the time, and it was difficult for true tenderness to take root. You know, probably didn't talk to each other too much. You know, you know, how's it going? Yeah, whatever. Know, uh, like, uh, like you know, and uh, and and neither of them could see how proud their father was of them. Maybe the dreams that the father had for the younger one, and how proud he was for the older one, who had already—I mean, he had already lived a few years, right? And how much he counted on them to run the farm or run the business. And eh? the meantime, their dreams are like out of focus. And we should have dreams, great dreams of being good professionals, serve, you know, know how to serve, greater dreams of loving God, of transmitting that love to others that come here or, or that don't yet come here. This a sense of that love, to bring that love to others around us. These are dreams to, to the young people eh, that might feel right now, disenchanted with the, with the pandemic or they, maybe they feel very blasé about life and uh, no real fire within them. And uh, I would say that none of these brothers, neither, was blinded by selfishness. And it's true also of today's generation. I don't think they're blinded by selfishness. But it is possible uh, that either one of these brothers has given into a subtle temptation to worry. Let's say, what about the only about what they had in hand, and forgetting to let themselves be loved by the one that had given them everything. They they just thought, okay, I have to do this. This is my responsibility, and then they forget to get to allow themselves to be loved, and perhaps without realizing it, they had put a kind of a dam to that love you know when you when you when you you block up a river and you put a dam well obviously the water begins to pile up and the river ceases to to go streaming through right and the water can't go through i mean you make a dam and you fill it up you get a like a a dike uh, and it was filling up and more and more but it wasn't letting the water go through for the younger brother he imagined he could he could go away from his home and the older older one just took a strict account of everything that he had stored up. Of all the, I don't know, whatever, all the sheep that he had slaughtered or whatever. That's the only treasure that has had. And uh, in some way, both had thought that they won the lottery, that they were actually storing, they, they had stored up a lottery, but they were filling up that lottery in... in Broken sacks, or torn sacks, or bags full of holes. You know, like, s- imagine putting a bag with all your money in it has holes in it, and it just all the money falls out, right? So, uh, you know, the older one stood waiting for a prize that, that according to him, he deserved. While the little one, the younger one, just couldn't wait to, to squander his inheritance. Right? Both saw this treasure, but it wasn't kept in the right the right bag they were they were just asked for the same thing they just wanted a reward now hmm? or some kind of human satisfaction and we, we have to see if if we get caught with this desire for human satisfaction hmm? they were both kind of trapped in their safety and were not able to you know what what was happening just a short distance away in their father's heart and uh, we have to see what is going on in God the Father's heart, His love for us. We have to see that. We have to, it's not, he's not far away, and since He's right here, He's present to us always in our, in our life. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the both of them, in their own way, had made um, their dealings with their Father just one more thing to do. Just one more thing. I, I, Dad, I, I, whatever. Oh uh, yeah, okay. You know, like that. That's uh, you know, not much, you know, whatever. Oh you want the paper? Okay, here, take the paper, you know. <laughs> just throwing it across the room, or I don't know. And but maybe it's possible that something like that happens to us. We just think, well, divine affiliation you know, it's an always norm, but it's uh, just one of those things we have to do, or we have so many activities during the day. I mean, I'm sure most of the activity, no, no, 99, all of the activities you do every day are are good, but they can drain us of our energy, of all the things we do. Even when we want to dialogue with God, we can't, you know, the dialogue with God. Prayer can't just be one more thing to do, to check off the list, and uh, so we go to our phone to satiate our curiosity and and maybe the young one he you know he had a hard time with that routine that daily routine he had a hard time with that it was getting really on his nerves and he needed something more intense and uh, dramatic you know well the older guy on the other hand well he although he regularly uh, incorporated this in his life he just didn't enjoy it you know he was always on time for things but you know so the crisis was about to fall and is triggered by the return of the younger one now that 's what triggered his crisis, the crisis of the older brother that 's the moment when the when the younger guy comes back that 's when everybody 's cards are shown right so uh, well, the younger one doesn 't dare even to ask for anything; he just wants to be a day laborer and uh, and uh, even if he was the last one. The lowest salary. Suddenly, we realized that the older fellow, the older brother, didn't feel well paid, and uh, maybe he would have started a union, a strike, or something to get better wages, you know. and or I don't know, gone strike. You know, all these years I've paid, I've worked, I've never disobeyed any of your commands. I've always worked hard for you. You should give me a better salary. But that's. Precisely when the the father makes this masterful move, while he rewards the little one with the party and the fattened calf and good beer and and perhaps uh, you know a nice liqueur that everybody could drink, he reminds the older one that in reality everything he has, including these parties, belong to him, and he he tries to reconcile with his children he does not hurt. The sin, you see, he, he does not hurt because of the sin of one or the other, but what they have to suffer by going through this. You know, like like when our Lord was going through the streets of Jerusalem with the cross, he said, do not cry for me. Do not cry for me, as, as the women of Jerusalem are crying for him. He says, do not cry for me, but but cry for your children. It's kind of like, it's it's a mysterious thing there he's saying, you know. It's like sin doesn't really hurt God. God is immutable. I mean, you can't hurt him. It's an offense against him, but mainly because it hurts us. And he and he's sorrowful to see that we are hurting ourselves with sin, with not living our divine affiliation. So if we could break our bubble and look at how the Lord is moved. Uh, you know, when he sees his son return to the parental home and, you know, that we that this is more than just a task but that this relationship with God our Father is a great gift that's why we say it's the foundation of the Spirit of Opus Dei, because it's, it's really the greatest gift that we can have mm-hmm. and divine affiliation is a gift that we must access every day, every day, in some way maybe you can just type in the password like type in the password in your computer and, and the computer is yours so you just go for it right? but imagine you have a little a little window there and you got to type in the password you don't know the password well you can't get in it. it might be the most powerful pa- computer but if you don't have the password you can't get in right? what is the password to get into your divine affiliation what's the password well maybe it can be Abba Patras <laughs> Abba that's what our father did in 1932 or St. Paul said to the Galatians he said, God sent his son born of a woman so that we might receive the adoption of sons and because you are sons God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba Father so through God you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir he Paul's letter to the Galatians chapter 4 and uh, well neither of these sons had been able to appreciate this gift this tenderness and uh, until both experienced that you know the the cold the the, the loneliness that they experienced without their father and uh, there's a lot of beautiful gestures here you know, like when the father runs to, to the younger one and he, he threw him, he threw around his neck and covered him in kisses. Our father like that, uh, or or the gesture son, you are always with me, all that is mine is yours. I mean, the the father's really proud of them, even if they have not always given him reason to be proud. And um, so, for us to divine so, affiliation helps us to see in our life how God looks upon us. Just like those sons had to learn to see how their father looked upon them. All that, that whole parable is an image of how God looks upon us. And I would say that um, probably afterwards, after this reconciliation, we don't, we're not told what happens after, but Probably, I, I would imagine that the younger one, afterwards, you know, he comes out like this completely, like, you know, like, uh, you know, overwhelmed by all the good food and the fattened calf and all that. And he probably afterwards, maybe with a nudge of his father, probably went out looking for his older brother and bringing a nice bottle of schnapps, you know, or, or you know, I don't know, you know. He says, look, we got some, I got some schnapps for you here. You know, uh... And I would say that the older one probably gave in, and he hugged his little brother, and, yeah, they didn't stop loving each other deep down. And uh, because our reconciliation with God the Father is never complete until there's not forgiveness for wrongs that we have received or imagined wrongs from those around us, from our brothers or sisters in the work in, in general. Unless we forgive others, we can't really live, or it's very difficult to live the for the issue. Yeah. So it was difficult for the younger one to understand the value of his own brother's perseverance, right? Is all that obligation. And the older one, well, it was incomprehensible that he'd be so dumb and foolish to take off, right? Either one didn't understand the other. And we have to understand each other In the different generations We have older people in the world Younger people And we're different Some of us go, you know, crazy And others very calm and cool And collected and do everything right And, right? and so Finally they had managed to look at each other With their father's eyes And they would have looked at each other differently yeah? And uh, perhaps with time I think the the pods uh, the pods of the, the you know that the that the younger son has, had seen in the in the pigsty there probably would have become a source of jokes you know and they would have had those as uh, you know appetizers or something like that you know and uh, I don't know perhaps the father would have organized a surprise banquet for the older one you know and uh, and maybe his friends would have come finally mm-hmm. but just to show him affection that's all and uh, probably the younger son would have helped to prepare that banquet too he would have gone to kill the fat calf or something like that but neither of them would have been happy until he meets his father and understands his brother so all this to say that obviously this is a rich beautiful and rich uh, parable in which we can uh, discover a lot about our divine affiliation but Connected also with our fraternity, our charity, with the others. Let us ask our Blessed Mother. Of course, the Mother here is not mentioned, but we can imagine that she was coaxing the Father and coaxing each one of the brothers, her sons, eh, to live in accord with, you know, upright, uh, you know, the upright spirit of the Father, and she will intercede for us so that we really learn the password, Abba. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede